Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. All right. I'm good. I'm chilling out. You don't it's gonna sound be, good. Oh it's going to be great. What's wrong? <laughs> fucking dude. It's this life we lead where it's always fucking random what you have to do and you can never schedule anything. And having a three-month-old and doing that is really, really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. And now my whole day is off. And my wife has now spent like 72 unbroken hours without me helping with the kid. And it uh... sucks and feels bad. Uh-huh. Send in Robbie Hoffman. And I have two shows tonight that I wish I didn't. Yeah, because that went that went so great <laughs> for me last night. All right, let's do it. You guys ready? Uh-huh. Okay. Justin Bot, have you heard from Justin Linville? Is he still trapped in the iPad? Um, he might have a message for us. Give me one second. Um, no, he doesn't have a message. Wait, no, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, he doesn't have a message. Okay, we're <laughs> off to a great start. Let's hit the music. Wait, are, are the, the, I, are, is is the, the iPad not working? working? Well, I couldn't find the... Um, I, was, I hope we're recording all of this. <laughs> I couldn't find... Yeah. There was like a Minecraft effect I couldn't find. Did you record the part find. where I was ranting about why I had a bad day? Oh, yeah. Look, yeah, yeah let, leave Minecraft. that all in. That's the intro. <laughs> hit the music. Let's go. <laughs> Song and sing makes me want to lose my mind. And that is clearly anyone listening can tell I'm feeling Justin Bot. Yeah. Has anybody said that it sounds I picture you singing that song? That's that oh, voice that's nice. sort of sounds like it's you. It's not me singing the song, but that's that yeah. means someone actually put in some work and thought maybe towards making it fit. Chris Gather presents. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Of course. Justin Bot, you feeling any better? I, I know that I surprised you a little bit. No, I, I appreciate your concern. I'm feeling much better. Um just if you haven't listened, I'm Justin Butt. The real Justin is trapped in this iPad, and that's all you need to know. Um, but I'm doing great. I'm learning about the world. Yeah. How are you liking your forays into the real world? It's good. It's exciting. Um, I discovered uh, grass, and it was thrilling. Look at that. I'm jealous. You get to experience everything for the first time. Yeah. You heard him just to my right. He was here last week on the show. If you've been listening, he'll also be hosting CGP next week, along with someone else who's here. Joe Rumrill, welcome hey, back to the show. Of course, it's so great to be here. Uh, What's that you're again? drinking? This is uh, kombucha. A lot of the comedians are loving it. They got the kombucha on tap yeah. here at Earwolf, New York. It's great. It's delicious. This is my second uh, second cup. You're really getting those probiotics oh, yeah. today. <laughs> All right, co-hosting with you, uh, just fresh back from the Just for Last Festival in Montreal. Hooray. 
Hope it went well. Rachel Pegram, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Not not great, <laughs> but I'll get there. I'm feeling better now that we're all here and joking around. Genuinely. Yeah. Being around comedians always makes me feel a little more normal. How did it go up in Canada? It was great. For anybody listening who yeah. doesn't know, Just for Laughs, I would say... Um, is one of the sort of brass rings that a lot of comedians chase in their career. And uh, you got one of the New Faces characters, right? I did. And New Faces is sort of this thing that when you get New Faces, it's kind of, I would say it's almost sort of like a, uh, like a coming out party in, in the old school sense where mm-hmm. a, a lot of uh, people go, oh, that's a cool feather in the cap. Congrats. So congrats, and I'm glad it went well. Thank you. And you guys are teaming up next week on CGP, Wednesday at 11 p.m. live. And you guys are going to, it's a very, very funny premise. You guys are going to facilitate actual audience members, civilians. Yes. Mm -hmm. Going on blind dates with comedians in character. Yes. Yes. You're almost asking the audience to opt in to Ali G-like situations. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be great. They're going to find love. You think they'll find actual love? I think they're going to find love. Joe doesn't believe that they will, but I think they're going to find love. Rachel's very adamant on uh, the the possibility of real love blossoming in between even a real person and a completely fictional character. (laughs) So I'd like to, I mean. I would love that. And then they have to stay in character for the duration of the relationship. Yeah. We're going to see how it goes. Wednesday at 11. (laughs) Also, welcome to the show. You remember him. If you've been watching GDP, this guy did stand-up on Carmen Christopher's breakout episode, the first episode, Set the Bar. Also just got back from Montreal, the stand-up uh, new faces, Dan Licata. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Oh, it's a real pleasure. It's a real pleasure. Dan, we're old friends. Has word gotten back to you that for about a year I have thought you are mad at me? What? <laughs> Justin can vouch for this. I've been completely convinced you're mad at me. What? Do you know this? I'm, well, you know me well enough to know that I'm an anxiety-driven lunatic. Yeah. And I, in my Intellectually, I am aware that you are not mad at me. But for at least, what, six months, Justin, I've been saying to you and Carmen Christopher that I'm very scared you're mad at me. It's been what? a while. And Based I've, on what? I've said that you're not. I've said that you're yeah, absolutely yeah. not mad at I'm Chris kind of, for no reason. I wasn't mad at you. Now I'm kind of mad that you were <laughs> mad at me. Well, I, I, was mad I at felt you. like you were mad. I got because I sometimes get these anxieties. They stick in my head and become these like looped thoughts. It's a bad thing. And then I, we were. I texted you about CGP, and you said yeah, you were yeah. going to call me the next day, and you didn't. I was like, "Fuck, he is mad at me." You know what? I did call you the following day, though. What? Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm just so the next the day. Call? Yeah. So I called you the day after I said I was going to call you. Did you you leave a message? Uh, I thought you would, like, see the missed call. And then uh, I was home visiting family in in Buffalo, and uh, I I think it was, like, two days after. Ever since then. Oh, no. I think it was just one of those things where... You're like, a busy yeah, guy. See the, see the missed call. I don't <laughs> no one listens to the voicemails anymore. I've had it in my heart. And when you booked me recently on your one of the great uh, shows in New York right now, your Tuesday night show out at that brewery on Richardson Street in Brooklyn. Yeah. I I texted Carmen Christopher. I was like, "Oh, cool! I think whatever the beef was, it's going away." And Carmen was <laughs> yeah. like, "There's no beef, and there's never been a beef." <laughs> yeah, wait, what did you think the beef was? I don't know. Like, you, you, I mean, dude. You've all known me a while now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this is this shocking that I have a dialogue in my head that's not rooted in any sort of reality? No, but the fact that you still do, even though we always tell you no one's mad at you, yeah. is is a little shocking and I, no, I indicative of. I constantly think people are mad at me. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you think people are mad at me. No, 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 no. no I understand yes. the mentality of thinking people are mad at you. I always Joe knows. That's I true. always think someone's mad at me. I'll yeah, leave something. I'll be like, well, you think they were mad at me, and he has to tell me no, they weren't. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, 
For anybody who doesn't know, I've been grooming Justin to take over this show. Mm-hmm. Justin, bought, I don't know if you're more into overthrowing me. Justin's been very resistant. I'm I'm interested in what overthrowing is like because I don't know anything about it. But yeah, yeah. I will I'm explain it. shortly. In the meantime, let's do Justin Bot's bit of the week. Great. Uh, welcome to Justin Bot's bit. I am trying to defeat the poison that's inside of me. This hateful bile, this kind of vicious gum that shows me they're just what I've bits. become. They, they're kind of, they're trying to get short ones. Harmonies? Whatever makes this is me beautiful. This way, shit that's in my brain that makes me feel fucking insane. I can't get it out. How did it get in? Although I may lose, I can't mm-hmm. let it win. What is this demon? You're singing along to your own theme song? Very names. Reveal yourself to me. The one that can't be tamed. They call it Justin's Bit. Wow, that was like <laughs> Daniel Johnston's music with Taking Back Sunday's lyrics. <laughs> Justin, but when did you learn how to play the ukulele? Oh, I've been learning a lot over the past week. I watched all of uh, The Sopranos. Um, oh, that's how you learned how to play to ukulele. ukulele. So, gotcha. I mean, they, Tony had a ukulele in one episode, I bet. Um, <laughs> oh, let me tune it up. <laughs> Listen. All right, what is okay. the bit? We got to keep okay, things okay, moving. Okay. I constantly okay. go along. Okay, this week's Justin's bit is a choose-your-own-adventure book. Classic story. I went to my basement, pulled a book from the bookshelf. A secret back room was revealed. There was a chest inside. Inside the chest was a choose-your-own-adventure book. So the four of you will help me choose which path is the correct moral path to follow. Make sense? What? Great. No, they never make these bits. Never it's, make sense. And it's also a, it's an audio book. Um, audio choose-your-own-adventure book that. Yeah, that you guys are going to help me um, navigate. Navigate. Okay. Yeah. If I can find the appropriate, there we go. I can't believe that. I'm Dr. Kerwin Corwin, a former child psychologist, and this is my Choose Your Own Adventure um, book. Who is this? Here we go. Why are they saying um? (laughs) Everyone's so confused in this room. You find yourself in a lush and dank forest, surrounded by the tallest trees you've ever seen. Just ahead, there seems to be a clearing. Do you A, go exploring, the world is vast, or B, Take a nap. You've earned it, Chief. Explore or take a nap? So I saw a clearing. Do I explore or take a nap? What do you guys think? Uh, explore? I'm going to go I love multiple choice. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess take a nap is what I would I would say. That sounds one like vote the... for explore, one for take a nap. Rumrill, your vote? I'm going to go with uh, explore as well. Okay, let's go explore. It's two to one then. Explore. Justin Bach, can I just let you know, this is a study in human body language, <laughs> and everyone was uncomfortable. And everyone's loving it. Lakata literally opened his mouth in shock. Rumrill started ducking down in his seat, and Rachel covered her face with her hands. Well, let's just see how they uh, react going forward. <laughs> wow. Um... What a clearing. You approach a thicket of leaves, and they give way underneath you. Now you are stuck in a hole, and you see a wallet on the ground. $100 cash is inside. Do you A, give the wallet to the police, or B, keep it for yourself? Because you found found it, so you might as well keep it, right? Okay. Uh, You know what? Dan, you got outvoted last time, so I'm yeah. just going to let you outright choose this one. Well, in past experience, I always think things get real fun when the cops show up. So let's <laughs> let's call the cops. Let's dial 911. From the bottom of the hole. Great. So we turn in wallet. 
Okay, you arrive to the police station where the captain greets you. Ahoy! Welcome to the police station. How do we get out of the hole? Well, he has mispronounced your name. Do you A, let him know that that makes you feel small, or B, murder him in cold blood? No remorse. This is the path that I've chosen, and I accept my ugly fate. Let's, uh, let's send this cop to hell. Okay, so we're going to murder the cop. How, do, wait, we, how we, do we get out of the hole? Yeah, there is no... I mean, the cop probably put his hand down. He is a cop. He has an honor. He He's honor-bound he to help us. Okay. He put the, the little stick down into the hole. You and know, the cop stick. It? And we grabbed the cop stick and got out. Oh, the okay. baton. Yes. <laughs> a weapon of violence turned yeah. <laughs> into a tool of salvation. Classically, a cop's baton used to uh, help people. <laughs> So we're changing the Wait, are we or? killing the cop? Is that what I heard? Yeah, fuck the police. Yeah, get him out of here. Whoops. You've been sent to hell. John Lennon is here. What? Hey, Jude. <laughs> sorry. I I I meant Paul is here and I'm sorry to break the news but Paul that that Paul has died. Anyway, your choices have been morally bankrupt since the beginning when you were in the forest, so enjoy eternal damnation and the knowledge that you have sociopathic tendencies. Um, can I? Oh, please. Okay, two questions. One, With, yeah. was that a very convoluted reference to the old uh, urban legend that Paul McCartney died a long time ago? Um, I didn't make that. I didn't think that was a reference to that, but it might have been by the person who made it. Question two: Did you hold that narrator against her will and force her to narrate that audiobook? Um. So I don't want to speak too definitively on what happened, but I don't think she wanted to do that. And so let's play the credits. What? <laughs> How do you- Production by the North American Pediatric Psychiatric Association, or NAPA. This Choose Your Own Adventure is a complete work of fiction. Any resemblance to real people or places, living or dead, is entirely coincidental, except for the police chief, who is based off of Donald Hedberg. Any unauthorized use of this production will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law by the lawyer from Big Little Lies. For more NAPA productions, please visit us at napa.org forward slash contact dot uh, html. Copyright 1959. You know, so... Wow, that Someday you're going to run out of space on that iPad. No way. Yeah. Let's be clear, though. Justin Bart, for anybody who doesn't know, Justin Bart started at, there are 96. There were 99. 99 options on the Justin Bart soundboard. What are we up to now? Um, So, oh, God. (laughs) So that was 99. We got at least like 25 on this one, and then we got, um, yeah, that's about 15 on another one. So So you are a bot that exists as a roughly 150 option soundboard on an iPad. Yeah. And we can do pretty much anything at this point. Okay, callers, we've put out the call prompt. We've got callers on the line already. We'll be getting to you in a little while. You can listen and get the context for your calls later. I'm going to ask you to help us role play because last week we did role play. We had a bunch of people in here, notoriously nice members of the comedy community. And uh, we said, let's use these calls as a way for you to help us tap into that inner meanness that might help us exercise some of these demons when we feel a little pushed around or steamrolled in life. Now I want to discuss another topic that you can help us role play, which is, does being a comedian mean that you have to sacrifice any and all relationships that resemble normalcy, at least for a stretch of your life? I'm talking about your actual personal relationships, family relationships, romantic relationships, uh, all sorts of friendships, the, the exact types of things that, day jobs, these things that make people feel like they have a foundation of a life 
at some point I feel like, and the reason this is spurred on is because I feel like we have something special in this room. So Joe and Rachel, you guys talked about it on CGP last night. Part of why you're hosting a love themed episode, you guys are dating. Yes. Dan Cotta, I don't want, want to air your personal info too much, but I believe you are, you date a fellow comedian. I do. Do you guys feel like at some point you dated other comedians because we are in effect weird fucked up circus people with our lifestyle? So you, you almost, there is a sense of comfort and understanding that comes with dating someone else mm -hmm. in that world. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I want to say Dan didn't verbalize it. You did not. Just I mean, <laughs> I tried. I tried going for the models back in my younger days. Really? How did that? <laughs> when you were going, when you were cruising Seventh Avenue, Fashion <laughs> Avenue, picking up the models. I was hanging at the Forty Forty Club every night. You know, <laughs> every just trying every to, night. Just 40. trying to lock lock down a Instagram hottie. And you know what? Um, uh, I'm. Those days are gone. I've. Uh, I find that, you know, they just don't understand. They don't even know what JFL is. You try to talk about JFL to an Instagram model, you know what they say? Hey, um, let me go try on uh, this new swimsuit you uh, bought me. And I, I say, you know, that's you look great. That's nice. But at a certain point, I do want to talk about what uh, bits to do in my JFL set. And, you know, they don't want to hear it. They just want you to take photos of them and, you know, say nice compliments about their swimsuits that you bought them <laughs> so yeah i'm happy dating a comedian so they don't get jfl and then you're sitting here like why do you have to fly to ibiza again to advertise coconut water exactly. on instagram <laughs> exactly wow do you i know i joe rachel do you find a certain sense of comfort knowing because it is let's talk about it we are there are certain lifestyles that I think still fall into the circus slash carny lifestyle. Comedian is definitely one of them. We have to travel at weird times. We have to be out all night. Sometimes we don't even start working until 9, 10 o'clock at night, and then you're out till 2 in the morning doing shows. It's hard to understand. I will say on my end, some of the people I've become closest with in my time as a comedian, this is true, musicians... One of my good friends is a professional wrestler, Colt Cabana, a juggler named Marcus Monroe. Like you start to become friends with other people where you're like, oh, you also live this itinerant lifestyle where you're up all night and sitting in airport terminals all the time. Do we get to live normal lives? No, Rachel, yes no? Rachel and I are also exclusively friends with jugglers. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. We only, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> they can't see the face you're making right now, which is uh, one of uh, derision towards me. <laughs> Should probably vocalize it, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I only. I feel like I only hang out with comedians exclusively. Like pretty much. Do you have <laughs> this? Brings me to a question because I have these, and I'll talk about mine. Are there people from your past that were good friends where you're like, I have lost touch with that person, and it is one hundred percent on me, and it is because I am obsessed with talking about myself for 10 to 12 minutes at a time in basements in Brooklyn. Yes. Like I have a buddy, one of my true good friends in this world. He lives in Brooklyn. I'm in Brooklyn all the time. He's got two kids, my buddy Jeff, one of my absolute best friends to this day. I text him maybe six times a year to see how he's doing. And I never just stop by. I'm in his neighborhood all the time doing shows. That's on me. And it's because I'm a fucked up idiot comedian. You're so wistful when you say that. <laughs> Is that a good or bad thing? <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, it's relatable. I have, uh, you know, all the people I went to high school with and play, play, uh, played in bands with, like, they still do music stuff and they'll, like, come in to uh, do shows in New York because that's where you do shows. And uh, they used to tell me every time they would come in and after a certain point of me, of me like, go, like, I got a show that night or I'd rather do a mic that night. They don't, they don't even bother anymore. Rachel, anything <laughs> come to mind? So for me, it's old yeah. college friends. Joe's thinking of old bandmates. These are people you are intensely close to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything jump out like this? People people from my high school. I mean, even my friend, you know my friend uh, who came to school for graduate school who's out here. It took, I think, literally booking her on our show yeah. for me to see her. And she's not far. She like lives uptown, but I'm also like she lives in New York. She lives. You say not far. You mean in the city? Okay, she lives like in the the, uh, like I don't know, like by Columbia. Yeah, that's pretty far uptown. Okay, okay. So I was like, but yeah, I didn't. I never really saw her. And then like, and it would be just like that. I wouldn't go up there. And I also had friends who would like come into town that used to like text me and be like, hey, yeah, I'd love to see you. And then I would just like see on Instagram like, oh, wow, that friend was here. And then she just did it. Tell me that she was here. And then I have to message him and be like, hey, why don't you tell me you were town? It's like, oh, well, you're just so busy. So you never have time. Yeah. The busy thing is 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 weird. Yeah. It's like relentless. kind of and relentless. Dan Licata, anything jump to mind? Yeah, I mean. You know, I used to run with the tough crowd, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, the, those days are behind me. I'm trying to, you know, better myself, you know, not do the bad things anymore. You know, they come to town, they just want to get nasty. And, you know, uh, and I, I just have to say, guys, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work on my work on myself. You know what I mean? Not going to get on uh, James Corden anytime soon if I'm running, running around town with you guys flipping over um, – Smart cars, you know. So, so you're saying that comedians have become this. You've walked away from your old friends. It you. It sounds like you're describing what sounds almost like a rampaging '50s era street gang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight out of. Um, it's like uh, West Side Story, but uh, if West Side, if the guys in West Side Story got red pilled, that's basically my uh, my crew. So a men's right. <laughs> you growing up were in a men's right theme. Men's rights. <laughs> themed street gang and when you yeah. say West Side Story were they also musical did they sing oh, and sure. dance yeah what's you know the, what kind of songs oh uh reggae mostly <laughs> uh, you know it was like a it was like a men's rights reggae street gang pretty wow. much is how I'd, wow. I'd really? describe it yeah. and you really? don't want to hang out with these guys anymore that's crazy I would love to hang yeah. out <laughs> we would love to see these guys yeah All right. hate, they well, hate women they love reggae that's smoking cool. uh you know yeah, you know it's it's a uh, they're complex guys. Do um, they just do they flip over exclusively smart cars? Well, that's, those are the easiest ones to flip. Obviously, okay. you know you get a uh, Mazda Miata or some shit. You could probably a couple guys flip that. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, <laughs> I don't see them <laughs> as often uh-huh. as I used to. So they come through town uh-huh. too. They say, hey. Uh, we're hitting up this. We're going to terrorize. We're going to hold this neighborhood in yeah. the grip of fear tonight. Do you want to come along to relive the glory days? Yeah. They say we're going to paint East. Wo- we're going to paint the town brown. East Williamsburg ain't going to know what the fuck hit it. And I'm just like, sorry, when, guys. When you, you say know. paint the town brown, I feel like paint the town red is the popular. Oh, okay. Well, I, I guess paint the town brown is. I don't know. You, you can interpret that how you want, I guess. Um, I immediately thought 
Diarrhea. Diarrhea. That's what I was. Yeah. It was a diarrhea joke. I guess it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Okay. Pro- I would say probably my worst defense is I once skipped a very good friend's wedding. Very good friend's wedding. And I'm going to tell you guys why, and you're going to all go, well, you have to. Mm-hmm. And it's because I got into JFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was doesn't exist anymore. It was JFL Chicago. Interesting. It wasn't JFL mm-hmm. Montreal. Sounds made up. It was JFL Chicago. They used to do three JFLs. I think the other one was Vancouver. Oh. And there no industry was going to Chicago. I shouldn't have skipped my very, very good friend's <laughs> wedding for Chicago. Did the marriage last? It did. Oh, okay. He's a kid. He lives in Los Angeles now. We're still tight, but I have texted him and said, hey, I know that was fucked up and it did permanent damage to our friendship. And he's like, no, we will always be boys. But when someone has to type the sentence, we will always be boys, mm-hmm. it's indicative that the damage is done. Mm-hmm. This is a recognition of real scar mm-hmm. tissue. Because I had to go to Chicago and do a show. This was the Chris Gethard show before we were on Public Access. We were a UCB show. Did a show where we put a bunch of fucked up shit in a blender and then someone had to drink it at the end of the night. I skipped my friend's wedding for that. The milkshake of death. What was in that blender? What was in that milkshake? Uh, It was like vegetable oil, probably a bunch of avocado and walnuts, probably like that uh, unsweetened baking chocolate. It was, we did a series of events and people got to add ingredients one by one. The show was called New York is Better Than Chicago and it started trending on Twitter and all of Chicago showed up ready to fight me. (laughs) Carmen was there. He told me, Carmen Christopher told me him, John Reynolds and Gary attended the show and Carmen's been very nice. He said that he started hosting a show afterwards because he was like, fuck, we got to do some fucked up shit in this town. I can't imagine what color you were painting the town after that milkshake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, it was, we were... It was not pleasant. It was not pleasant. I drank the milkshake. I threw up on stage. This is why I skipped my friend's wedding, to do mm. that bit. I feel like you're the type of guy who has thrown up on stage more than that just that one time. <laughs> Most, I wonder who's thrown up more, because Lakati, you've probably thrown up on stage. I like can't throw up. It's, really? Uh, yeah, I haven't thrown up in over y- 10 years. You also wow. love a fucked up bit. If I remember, one story that I think is sort of legendary in the alt-comedy scene uh-huh. is... You were given a talking to about your behavior at the creek back uh, in the day. And the creek, I, yes, a lot of stuff really, it's anything goes over there, <laughs> yeah. notoriously. Well, I had done, I think it was <laughs> two bits. One was I would huff computer duster on stage and then just start screaming about helicopter. Uh, like, do you guys hear those helicopters? And I think that appropriately freaked people out. <laughs> like you were really huffing? Yeah, yeah. What were you huffing? I missed Computer it. duster. You know, you'd put it in a bag and huff it like. No, you just it's a uh, it's like a, up. it's like a dirty whip. It basically you, it has like a little straw. Right, and right, just, right. And it's you know it lasts for and probably you were like really forty d- seconds. Really, I was doing, really that. doing it. And uh, oh, no, I think what's that height like? It's uh, it just feels like your brain's going through a wah wah pedal pretty much. Like, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know. It lasts like 40 seconds, and the bit was I would just like start screaming about helicopters, and then like as soon as it would wear off, I'd be like, I was at Starbucks the other day, you know, like, <laughs> they put, the, they're always fucking up the names on the cup, there, you know, uh, but then the other one was, I think I, I had my friend like pierce my ear with a safety pin, and that was oh, like, I remember that. and there was maybe, you know, 12 people there, and I think. Uh, and you're mutilating yourself. Yeah, and the owner of the creek was like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> so like, it wasn't uh, an admonishment so much as she was she was genuine. Her heart was bleeding for you. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a out of out of care, uh, you know, care and um, it was like when yeah, a parent being like, "Hey, I'm 
We're worried about you. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? I'm glad you brought up parents because I want a couple loops of this idea that when you opt in hardcore, when you really commit to being a comedian, you do. You separate your life. Let's talk family. Anything jump out at you, Joe Rumrum? Yeah. Uh, so before I even started doing comedy, I just got it in my head like that I wanted to do it. And before uh, I lived in New Haven, before I moved here to do comedy, and I, I answered a Craigslist ad to do a show at a at a bar, like my fr- before I had done like a, a mic or something, show. and it was a it was a show in New York City, and I don't drive, so my sister had to come in from Hartford oh. to drive me into uh, <laughs> this awful show that I bombed so hard at and like if you're driving that far this you're like in that ride like this this is it yeah i'm diving in so she saw me bomb on my first attempt at doing stand-up and that that show was two days before thanksgiving and so Ooh. we go we go Ooh. to thanksgiving and uh, my like you know my my mom and all of them were like like oh you saw joe do, do a comedy what was it like and just like the look on my sister's face while she like mustered up a they you know they didn't get him he was oh. he was too he was too smart and just oh, i know like i know it like as soon as i like left the room or something my sister was just like oh my god it was bad <laughs> like i'm yeah. sure of it I, I i still cringe thinking about it anything jump out rachel pegram man you know I feel like my friends, like, it's w- really odd because I feel like I did go to school for theater. You did. So I feel like they were all really, honestly, a lot of people were on board for me to do musical theater. They That's were like, okay. Rachel, let's go. You got this. So and they'd then, seen you in high school. Yeah. They knew you could throw down. They were like, she's going yes. for it. Let's do this. Even my parents, like, we're ready for this. Yeah, awesome. I think when I started to make a pivot to comedy, they said, what's going on? <laughs> they were like, what is that? You've never shown right. that. That's something you wanted to do. Uh, even recently, my mom ta- like uh, the Vulture article about JFL. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She <laughs> shared it and said, "My Rachel loves comedy." Just <laughs> 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 like, mom, that's not. <laughs> well, it's hard to explain because you say you call up and you go, "Hey, I got into this festival and it's a yeah. big deal," and then they go, "Oh, really? Like, you, are you getting paid a ton of money?" And you're like, "Well, no, they're flying me up and getting me a room, and there's like a stipend, and then." They're like, yeah. oh, so is it a real exclusive thing, this festival? How many comedians do this festival? And you're like, oh, like probably like two to three hundred every given year. But I'm in this thing where there's only like twelve of us. Oh, really? Only twelve? Yeah, but there's there's two stand-up sets of twelve, a character set of twelve, a creator set of twelve. And they're like, so there's like 60 people that get this thing out of the, and you're like yeah but it is a big deal <laughs> yeah. so I promise much, you right. it's a big deal so much explanation goes a- along with like getting oh. anything I feel like these days because like even if you like get like a like a show or something but it's on like some like app or like right. something like right. H- like to explain like what oh what uh like I can't imagine like the people who got CISO stuff like explaining to their parents right. like, like where right. can I watch it yeah right. <laughs> oh I don't really have that TV, what is that streaming <laughs> service you have to pay four dollars yeah. a month yeah, can't imagine. But, I it's mean, a, but it's a huge thing. You're paying yeah, your yeah. rent. You're paying your rent. You're paying your mortgage. My parents had no idea what Netflix was when I got uh, booked 
a role on a Netflix movie. Uh-huh. And I had to explain to them what Netflix was. And they didn't have a subscription. They were like, oh, okay. So I guess it, how are people yeah. going to watch it? We can't go to the theaters. And I was like, I don't know what to tell y'all. But I'm right. trying. But in their defense, your mom did make a Facebook post saying, my Rachel loves streaming services <laughs> afterwards. Dan Licata, we heard about your street gang past with your friends. Yeah. Any family jump out? I mean, same sort of thing. Like when, you know, uh, Joe Parra talks with you came out on Adult Swim. Everyone thought it was like a porn channel. They're like, Adult Swim. So what is that? Like softcore porn? Like, is it? And I'm like, no, you know, it's like Cartoon Network. They just did not understand. But uh, yeah, and then, you know, like my, I'd say my family's like pretty supportive for the most part. Like they've sort of come around. Uh, but like, you know, my cousin's husband, same sort of thing where he's like, uh, "How's your little com- how's your little comedy thing going? You still doing that?" Like, and he he's like, um, the first time I met him, uh, this is how this is just how he introduced himself to me. I said, "Hey, I'm Dan," and he bowed and went, "Dan, you son!" Like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but then, like, he. <laughs> Then, uh, like, one time at a family, like, it was Christmas or something, and he got a huge laugh off of uh, That's What She Said, and I had to take a walk because I was like, (laughs) oh, my God, that's not, I was like, I'm the funny one, you know, like, they don't get, but they don't get my weird alternative horseshit. Now, Dan, you and I have something to discuss that's jumping on my mind right now, which I didn't even think about before, which is that you and I have both maybe, I would say in my case, I don't know your relationship. Mm Mm-hmm unfairly involved our family involuntarily in our comedy. I I don't know if you clear yours. I have at times, my mom had to say, I will not participate in your stuff anymore. You have to stop asking me. Please stop. You just talking about her? Well, I did a show many, many years ago, um, I think before any of us knew each other, where I would tell stories on stage and then it would cut to a video. When I hit the punchline on that story, it would cut to a video of me. I just showed up at my parents' house one day with a camera and was like, Mom, here's this story. What's your reaction? And she was like, why are you doing this? And then so it would cut to me telling a story about how like my friends in Tijuana thought I was a virgin and brought me to uh, a brothel, which is a story I used to tell on stage. Very true. And then I'd go, so mom, my friends brought me to a brothel in Mexico because they thought I was a virgin. What do you think about that? And she's like, I don't need to know about your virginity. And (laughs) I don't need to know about you going to brothels. And I... I'd wish that you didn't tell me about a time that you went to a whore house in Mexico. And then she went, I'm just n- also now I'm just really sad. You made me say the word whore. And you're going to show this video on stage. And then I would show that for people's amusement, her having this like meltdown. Yeah. I, for example, I know, and I bet all of us in this room know that your mom's name is Jane. Yeah. Because you are constantly <laughs> bringing up Jane Lakata yeah. in your internet posts and yeah. on stage at times. Jane's a good sport. You know, I did. I, uh, <laughs> One time, I mean, I think like because I grew up with like Tom Green and Bam Margera messing with their parents. I don't know if that's like where it stems from, but like one time on, uh, it was I was home for Christmas and I had just gotten out of the shower and I had like a towel wrapped around me and I I took a photo with my mom and then I sort of cropped it in a way that made it look <laughs> look like she was giving me a hand job. Uh, and I said, you know, got just what I wanted for Christmas. Uh, HJ for my mom, Jane Licata, and then tagged her in the post. You know, Jesus. all of my family, all of my family members, see, it like pops up on her Facebook wall. You know, you didn't tell her. No, you didn't, warn, no. you didn't even say, "Hey, something's coming down the pike." No, just you let her discover it on her own. And how does that conversation go? 
I, I she like is so desensitized at this point because she like d- doesn't even get mad. Like she just rolls her eyes and laughs. And like, what what does HJ stand for? Oh. You know? And do you tell her? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll tell her, educate her. You know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, help help her navigate this 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 world. You know, there's there's nicknames for everything uh, nowadays. HJ. Uh, you know, like hooking up was another one. She used to, cause she used to be like, you know, I'm gonna, uh, I'm hooking up with uh, Aunt Judy later. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, Mom! <laughs> like, do you know what you just said? So you know, I got, uh, I'm doing it for her own good, basically. You are, I'm you're helping tag- her. You're tagging her in posts that insinuate you're committing incest with your own mom <laughs> for her good. <laughs> for her own good, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Justin bought. <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't even think about this. I know that Justin understands the concept of friends and family, but yeah. Justin Bot, you were ultimately programmed in binary code. Yeah. Do you have friends? Do you have family? Um. Well, I used to be in the iPad, and the iPad has Minecraft in it, and there is a sheep in Minecraft that I called my pet. And you can't ride sheep's in Minecraft, so I couldn't build a saddle and ride the sheep. So I really just hung out with the sheep, and um, that was sort of my buddy. And do you feel like now that you're pursuing comedy via your participation in this con- co- podcast, in the same way we've been describing, has your relationship with the sheep been strained at all? Yeah, because I never get to see the sheep. Uh, Justin in the iPad gets to hang out with the sheep, I bet. But, you know, I don't. It sucks. My life sucks out here. You don't like your life out here. I'm figuring it out. I don't know. I don't know. I may go back in the iPad someday. Who knows? But, yeah. I don't like the subway. You've been on the subway. I've been on the subway. It's What's stuck. your problem with the subway? Uh, it's just filthy and filled with people, and you know, you just feel like a fucking animal <laughs> on your commute every day. That sounded so human. That didn't yeah. sound robotic like many of your responses. No, no, because I really do hate the subway. I mean, I just feel like a fucking sardine, you know, taking the L train. And then you have to walk up the stairs. Uh, I don't know. It just sucks. It just sucks. You know, this and your intro song to your bit were very, very emotionally concerning. I would say borderline, I almost feel like I need to step in and make sure that your mental health is okay, which I'm surprised is the case with a, a an emotionless, soulless robot. Well, I'm just trying to figure out the way the world works, not to not to human fish, <laughs> not to human fish this, but uh, I'm just trying to figure out how the world works, and uh, yeah, some things get emotional, you know. I'm just glad to hear that you are aware of that old bit from my old canceled TV show. Yeah, we got YouTube in there. I watched the archives. All right, I do want to mention. <laughs> speaking of our old TV shows, Dan, you mentioned something before. I want to make sure I give you credit on this. Uh, yeah. You you do work on Joe Paris show. You and Joe have been collaborators and friends for many years, and. You wrote an episode that revolved around the, sh- the song Baba O'Reilly. Yeah. And I feel like that really, really went around um, when it came out. And I was so, so happy to see that. And when I saw your name pop up as the one who spearheaded the writing on that episode, I was, f- I would say, I will say I swelled with an emotion of oh. real, like, as someone who's been in the scene with you and has seen how great you are, I was like, oh, that is fucking awesome that you're fine. You're getting this credit. Oh, thanks, you're man. This credit you deserve. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm glad you liked it because it was an expensive song, and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It was cool that they just sort of like gave us carte blanche to make a dumb episode like that. I mean, it's such a a dumb premise if you think about it, but it was it was fun, really fun to fun to write. So. I think I texted you this. I don't know if I. I think I texted you this when it came out. I thought what was really brilliant about it was that I think part of the fun with Joe in general and his comedy and with that show is 
you do have to. I think it. I think viewers are initially taken aback and have to go like, "Wait, what is? What is this guy's deal?" Yeah. And I felt like you wrote an episode that was him figuring out a very popular song that showed them how Joe processes the world. And I, I would say that episode was almost like a Rosetta Stone okay. that would allow fans to go back and experience all the episodes in a way where you're like, I, it, it just felt like just such a joyous celebration of Joe and his voice. Yeah. In a way that I felt like only you as one of his oldest friends and collaborators could really put out there. Oh, it was dang. really beautiful in a way. Thanks, man. Yeah, I've known him for like almost 20 years at this point, I guess. So yeah, it's... Uh, and if for the listeners who don't don't know Joe, aren't familiar, I'm sure most of you do. But uh, Joe, I, the way I describe him is like the opposite of Dick Clark. Uh, Dick Clark is America's oldest teenager. Joe's America's youngest World War II veteran. So you know he's <laughs> he's got an old soul, soul, and he's like always been that way. Really, like since I since I met him, I met him at a birthday party. And they were asking everyone what they wanted to drink. And everyone's saying, like, you know, Pepsi, orange soda. And he ordered a ginger ale. And I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> this, this dork ordering a ginger ale. But, uh, I mean, so you got to give it to him. He's always he's always been that way. All right. Yeah. Wanted to make sure I got the credit out there where it's due. Now, let's go ahead. Last week, Joe, you were here. I felt like those role plays, our caller stepped up. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was very cathartic. Oh, my God, yeah. Less, really so, brought me to a, a new plane. We were able to basically describe situations throughout the show and then ask callers to role-play them so that we might try to do some things differently. It really, I think, it was it was not just fun and funny, but it felt like taking a nice hot shower. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe we could emulate that. So, callers, you're sitting on the line. If it's okay with the three of you guys, and feel free to opt out. I'm going to ask the callers to maybe play some of the roles of the people we've described in our lives so that we can have some interactions with them. Maybe this would mean some of the people we feel like we walked away from, that we can make that active effort to reconnect. Maybe some of these people we feel like in our families don't understand us, we can use it as a chance to sort of say, here's what I really need you to understand about me. And callers who are listening right now for these setups, I want you to really dig in your heels, really try to embody those people. Give us the business. If, let's say you're playing someone who I hurt, maybe let me know that. Give me a chance to reconcile that in a way I haven't in real life. If you're someone's family member who hasn't understood, really try to not understand so we have to get through to you. Is this okay with all of you guys? I know this is a psychologically weird thing to do. Is everyone feeling comfortable and safe trying this? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All right. Justin <laughs> Bott, you feeling good? I feel great, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, I forgot to get a song. Harry and Jared, I just realized we usually end with a goddamn song. I forgot. We can add it later. I've been so... Yeah, we'll just you'll, we'll get it later and you'll record the little intro tomorrow. I have these weeks. Yeah. Thanks, Justin Bond. Yeah. All right. Wait, what is this? What is going on here? These are the callers. We have their, they have their, some of their parents' information this time. You ask for their parents' information. We just have uh, we are just these have children to it. on the line. These are, I mean, everyone's a child of someone, right? Uh, Wait, oh why gosh. do we have I this real info? Put in my place. <laughs> We're trying stuff out. Okay, so if for people listening, what's happening right now is that the callers are sitting on the line, and there's identifying information from them that has, from what I can tell, nothing to do with what we've talked about today. So we have Maria from San Antonio, and one of your parents' first initial is K. Yes. Hi, Maria. You're on yes, here. the CGP podcast. I understand one of your parents' initials is K. Yeah, how did they know that? that oh it God. was typed in to me. You told someone at some point in the process. No? 
No, I didn't. Harry mm-hmm. and Jared, hold are you on. just looking up the callers? What is, what is going on? You're are you stalking our callers before they get on? It's a feature of the program, the call-in studio program. <laughs> okay, Great call-in studio. You're telling <laughs> Do us. Do they the, know what I'm going to eat for lunch? Yeah, what's what, what's Maria going to eat for lunch, Harry? I don't know that yet. I know what make her parents a, are going to eat for guess. lunch. Make a guess. Make a guess. Or like a like a salad, like a chicken salad. Oh, that's good. I'm just going to have regular chicken, no salad. That was pretty close. Maria, I'm from San Antonio. Where'd you go to high school? You don't have to say. I can't tell you that, but... Why don't you let the producers look it up? We'll find out. Where did you go to high school? Wait. I went to Judson. What part of San Antonio? I went to Judson, Northeast San Antonio. Yeah, I know where that is. All right, cool. We'll hang... We'll talk later. There was a video that... Okay, thank you. <laughs> now, Harry, whatever this is that you just pulled has made Maria feel so uncomfortable and unsafe oh participating. It's, uh, I'm sorry about that. It's Maria, okay. It's okay. Maria, I want you to know I didn't know about this. I can feel the hesitation in your voice, and I'm so, so sorry. Maria, there's no one right behind you right now. <laughs> are you still there, Maria? Maria, are you here? Oh, y- yes, I'm here. Okay, Maria, I'm going to ask you to play. Let's say you used to be in a band with Joe Rumrell. You guys come through town all the time. You always reach out. Joe says, yeah, maybe I'll be there. He never actually shows up. I want you to say, maybe, uh, maybe you played bass in this band. You're the bassist from Joe's old band, Two Ton Buck. And uh, you're going to say, you're going to sit down and say, have a heart to heart and say, hey, we used to be collaborators. We let you know when we're here. You always brush us off. Here's how that makes me feel. Does that sound okay, Maria? Sounds great. Okay, so, so I'm me. Joe, you're you. I'm me. Cool. One of your bandmates is finally confronting you about the fact that you've been doing open mics instead of actually hanging out with people who care about you and love you. Okay. Okay, so let's get this conversation started. Joe and Maria, let's get it going. Hey, wow. It's, it's, Joe, oh, hi. It's just nice it's to see you. Yeah, it's nice to see you after all this time. I feel like I've, it's been years. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we always tell you when we're we're coming by, and um, you, I, we would love to see you more when we have our we, we play in town sometimes. And um, I, I know that I text you. I don't know if I have the right number for you still. No, no, no. I get I get it. Yeah, no, I get them eight six zero. You know, you you know all about it. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I really appreciate you telling me uh, when you're coming through. I'm sorry I haven't been able to make it out to your new band's shows. Um, kind of chasing this dream, you know. Moved here to uh, pursue my 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 dream of being a comedian, and a lot of work goes into that. So, uh, but I'm sh- I'm sure you understand. Yeah, you I totally get that. Yeah, no, and and we work together and you know how much um in our band how much work we put in and i, I totally get well, that how much work i put in so <laughs> oh, getting testy Joe. how much work i put into the old band oh, <laughs> yeah that's true you didn't Ooh. put in too much pardon work. i didn't put in too much work Ooh. just the right amount my old band just the right amount of work wait i'm getting this from a bass player right now maria there's insults coming down the pike how do you respect he already disrespects you actively when you come to town and now he's disrespecting your chosen instrument it's just weird a bass player telling a lead guitarist singer slash primary song composer that they didn't put in enough work into the band that they created it's just a little weird i don't know i know i deal with comedy nowadays but this in particular is pretty funny maria your response but 
Yeah, but you're a comedian. I thought you were supposed to be able to get a joke. Ooh. <laughs> the only joke I see is looking me right in the face right now. Now, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and pause us right there. Maria, this whole setup was you very kindly trying to give Joe a chance to make amends with his bandmates. How do you, Maria, feel that he instead chose to be more of a raging dickhead than I've ever seen Joe Rumbrill be? Well, I don't feel like a great person. Wait, are you speaking as... She's speaking as Maria, not oh, Maria. I No, think... you're a great person. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, thank you. Of course. Oh, yeah, well, I, it, it felt weird. Joe, you've made this person feel weird. I don't mean to, but uh, <laughs> here's the problem, is that coming off of the one last week where <laughs> you wanted me to tap into yes, my inner asshole, the beast. and now I feel like I can't turn it off. We've unleashed the beast. Yeah. All right, Maria, thank you so much. We're going to give Joe another round later. Maybe he can uh, shape up then. I'll redeem myself. In the meantime, let's go to... Sounds good. Yes, thank you so much, thank you. Maria. Let's go to Drew from Atlanta. Drew, how are you? Yes, Drew. Hello. Well, welcome to the show, Drew from Atlanta. How are you feeling? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, Joe. Drew, have you been listening? Do you understand we're going to ask you to role play so that maybe we can correct some of these comedian disconnects in our lives? Yes. Okay, so Drew, you're going to be role playing with Rachel Pegram. And Drew, I want you to play Rachel's friend, and I want you to start off by explaining to her that Columbia University is not that far. <laughs> it is maybe a 20-minute subway ride from the areas where we all do shows all the time. Is that okay with you, Judy? Just say, hey, I get it, you're busy, but it, my location can't really be the reason behind, behind this because that feels a little, that's a reach. Does that sound like yeah. a good starting point a for you, Drew? Ingenuous. Definitely. Okay, let's do it, Drew. Let's kick it off. Okay. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Hey! Uh, uh, hey, dude. Hey. I, uh, what's up? You're uh, not much. Uh, where are we at? Cool. Yeah. Cool. I, uh, you know, just, uh, I, uh, I just, just wanted to, I don't wait, I don't mean to just say it, say it, but like, uh, you know, you've been kind of dodging me a bit in the past, and, uh, you know, we're, we're in pretty much proximity to each other, so I don't know why we don't hang out. No, I mean, it's just tough. You know, I'm coming from Brooklyn. It's far, you know? It's far to get all the way uptown like that. And the trains are crazy on the weekend, you know? They're always so crazy. It takes me, yeah, it takes me like an hour. It'd be great if you came to Brooklyn. Have you been? I have. A lot, actually. Yeah. Because I take the train, and it's pretty easy. Well, you never actually tell me when you're in Brooklyn. That's the thing that's weird about it, is you don't tell me when you're in Brooklyn, (laughs) but then I have to come all the way uptown to you. I just think that's a little funny, you know? Okay, I will tell you whenever I'm in Brooklyn, but I mean, I, I Snapchat, like I hit you up when I'm in Brooklyn. Like I, I You're Snapchatting I, I, me? I, feel, I, I absolutely don't have Snapchat. Yeah. I don't have Snapchat. I don't have oh, Snapchat. That's, weird. that's was, not weird. You should oh. text me. My number hasn't changed. Just, I haven't says, gotten a text. It says, oh, okay. I just didn't want to like triple text you because it's like you've already left the last three un- unread. I just... Wow, I just need wow, to wow, say wow, you wow, don't wow. want to hang out. I want to hang. I you know? love you. I okay. want to hang. Best friend from love- high school. I want to hang yeah. with you. However, I right. can't be going Friday. to Columbia every. No, I can't on Friday. I have a show. But I would. Oh. I just. I can't, but Saturday, I'm. You know, I'm going to the beach on Saturday, and maybe you could come. I'll meet. I was gonna say I can meet you there. Which You're gonna meet me at the beach. 
What's that? Sure. Okay. Now, if I can jump in, Drew, okay. I just want to say, I can almost guarantee that if you meet Rachel at the beach, you'll have to hang out with her and a bunch of her other comedian friends. True or false, Rachel? That's accurate. My friends are really great. You're going to love them. It's, you know, you're black and this is a lot of white people. So you're going to get to hang out with a lot of very, you know, it's a lot of different shades, different types of white. Uh, you know, you've got your regular okay. ones and then you got your more weird ones and they're all, they're so all, they're gonna all going like to talk a little, you're not going to be able to really talk with them, no. Um, and you're really going to walk away misunderstanding who they are and think that they were lying to you a lot of the times but I think that's just because they're insecure yeah it's a lot of bits Um, you're probably not going to have fun (laughs) but you should come they're my best friends it it sounds like you're the more you're striving it you want me to back out no, 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 no. I want all comedians to do that. Pushing me with the information. No, I want you to come. I want you to come. I want you to come. I'd love to see you, and we should get your sister up, and we should all go. I'll bring her. We're yeah. around. I know We're you're in, around. Like a, you're liking my Instagrams, but you're not <laughs> texting me back. That's the problem. I'm here. I'm my phone you works. You keep sending story. me Snapchats, and I don't understand why, because I'm not on motherfucking Snapchat. Who's on Snapchat? A 10-year-old. That's who's on Snapchat, doing the little cat okay. faces, okay. et cetera, et cetera. I'm not on Snapchat. Us grown adults are not on Snapchat. You need to send me a message like a woman, okay? <laughs> send me a goddamn message, okay? I check my phone. That's I, all I'm, I'm ever so on. I'm sorry. The apps I use aren't the ones that maybe you... I'm sorry for that. And scene. Let's end that there. Wow. So we have now got two for two in an effort to uh, have actual atonement <laughs> and apologies in our soul. We now got two for two for uh, doubling down and blaming the people in our lives who feel disconnected from us. Rachel, what does that show you about yourself? Ultimately, it's true because she does constantly come to Brooklyn and not tell my Okay. Ass. So this is real. This got very real. Okay. Very fair. Okay. We're going to go to Jan from Mississippi. Jan, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm June from Mississippi, June, but thanks for having me. June, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Harry Nelson uh, playing like, another mind game and misspelling your your name on the screen. June, how are you feeling? Hey, I'm feeling great. How are you? I'm a little stressed out. Everyone in this room can feel it still. Although I think we're having a lot more fun. We're having a lot more fun. June, are you ready to do some role play with one of our comedians so that they might tap into a part of their souls uh, that they don't often feel? You know, I've been waiting for someone to ask me all day. Now, June, have you been listening to the show? Do you understand the context of of some of the relationships that have been brought up? Yes, yes, I do. So I'm going to ask you to play one of the uh, current members of Dan Licata's ex-street gang. Um, This means that you often show up in different neighborhoods. You rampage around. You flip over cars. You paint the town brown. You hate women. (laughs) You are an active red filler. And you love reggae. So, June, do you have all that information? You're what Dan left the gang. He used to roll with this gang. He's opted out, and you miss him. And you don't understand why, when you show up in different neighborhoods he's in, that you don't want to. He doesn't want to still rampage. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so June and Dan Lakatas, the the stage is yours. Reggie, what's what's <laughs> going on, dude? Hey, Dan, man. Yeah, we just we just shit on a Tesla, dude. Like, what? What's going up with you, man? Oh, dude, that sounds great. Um, yeah, you know, I'd love to be rolling with you guys, just puffing on a jazz cigar, watching a PT Cruiser hood down, wheels up. But, you know, I've I've actually been going on some auditions for some 
uh, Comedy Central web series lately, so you know, I, 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 I just can't 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 hang right now, you know. Hey, wait a second, wait a second! It isn't Comedy Central? Don't they have that show with the bitches? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have the show Bitch City. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the one. The, you're gonna be on the yeah the with that dork uh, with that one dork um, <laughs> plays her boss on that shit, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I seen that shit. Yeah, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to do a show. I'm trying to pitch them a show. It's like that, except instead of those two girls, it's about uh, me and me and you actually, and you know we um, we get high and um, um, yeah. You and I applaud yeah. how hard. Man, I'm actually, hey, I'm actually, I, I'm actually pitching that that right now. So you know, I'm, I'm actually trying to. I'm thinking to, about. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build a future for the two of the two of us. So we don't, we don't gotta, we don't gotta, uh, you know, do this anymore. We don't gotta do this anymore. Dan, yeah. Dan, you keep talking to me about the future. I'm not hearing much about the present, okay, or the past. I haven't seen you in so long. Right, I finally get to meet up with you. I'm, I'm ready. Dude, I've been waiting. I haven't quit hating women, okay? Just because you think it's cool to go off wow. and, and do shows with them or some trash like that, wow. okay? Like, no, nah, look, we're out here. We're out here. I've been on the streets. I just did a whip it in front of a in front of a traffic instructor, okay? I just flipped over. I just flipped over three bicycles, okay? Like, this is what we've been up to. And you haven't been around for it. Okay, you think I'm not doing that? You think I don't wish I could be doing that too? I I wish I could be cutting the brakes on NYPD vehicles too. But um, you know, I've actually met some met some cool uh, women doing um, doing comedy, and I I gotta admit, man, I'm st- I'm starting to see the 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 benefits of the blue pill. If if you can believe that, or uh, if you could believe that, and uh, maybe. Maybe you should try and do the same. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just hey, saying, man. Like it's a dead end. Man, it's a dead look, end. Hey, I- it's a dead end. And what you guys are doing right now is uh, you're gonna you're gonna wind up in Rutgers. You're gonna wind up on Rutgers Island, baby. And you know what? They they it's gonna on be Rutgers all. Island, you're, you you probably like it because it's all men there. Ain't no women there except a couple uh, female prison guards who you might actually just being around guys. You might actually start. Uh, Start uh, having fantasies about these women prison guards, and who knows? Uh, you might. You you still there? Yeah, I don't think you understand how deep my love for men is. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that's. <laughs> I hey, thought... let's end that. Th- oh, June, that was incredible. June, I, I want to just say, uh, for you. I, you really threw us off for a loop, and uh, that line about doing whippets in front of a traffic instructor, I feel like there was a moment where it felt like you and Dan Licata should clearly be comedy partners on some level. Yeah, man, you want to <laughs> you want a gig writing bits, you, uh, <laughs> June gig from Mississippi? <laughs> yeah, sure. Can I work remote? Uh, yeah, just uh, <laughs> as long as you got uh, access to an email, that's... Uh... All right, this is getting very strange. All right, June, yeah. thank you so much for the wonderful call. Thank you so much. I think there was a lot of healing in that one. A lot of healing. Yeah, I definitely feel uh, feel better. You feel like there's some demons that you've been able to let go, Dan? Oh, definitely. Okay. It's the end of the show. Justin, bought anything we haven't covered that I need to get to? Um, No, I think we got it, man. I think it's in the can. Okay, yeah. we don't... We don't have a song. I want to thank everybody for being here. Joe Rumrell, Rachel P. Girl, I'm so excited for your episode next week. Yeah. Why should people watch? Why do you think they should tune in? 
Um, there's lots of uh, crazy stuff that we have planned that I think the crew is already a little apprehensive yes. about. Yeah. They have uh, told me it's there's some stuff that is a big swing that is well worth taking, but that a, a true pain in the ass. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's. I think if the crew is mad at how much uh, how wild the plan could be, then uh, you, I would say you either, you're really selling the sizzle on this one. You, right either, now. you either watch it because uh, it, it, all that cool stuff goes right, or you watch it because all that cool stuff blows up in me and Rachel's face. <laughs> all right, I think that's the truth. All right, I guess since we do not have a song, I'll end it with a heartfelt question. Dan Licata. Yeah. Are you mad at me? No. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back with more podcasts next week. And don't forget, Wednesday night, chrisgeth.com slash live. Watch CGP and uh, keep getting to know the New York comedy scene. We'll see you soon. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.